Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today I want to talk to you from, a, from a, a, one of the foremost dreamers in the Bible, a man, young man by the name of Joseph. And If you know the story at all, he had a dream in the middle of the night. And he actually had two dreams. And in both of the dreams, they represented his brothers, his father and his mother, bowing down to him. In one of them, they were sheaves of grain, and the other, it was sun, moon, and stars. And, and, and Joseph was standing there, and all of the celestial beings in his dream came before him, and they bowed down to him. And so he told his brothers and his father this dream, which made, made him jealous of him. And, um, you know, we find out that Joseph was 17. With a dream like that, he sounds like a 17-year-old, you know? Everybody's going to bow down before me. And he tells everybody, and they get frustrated, and jealousy begins to stir up. And, and, but you know what's interesting is his father, his father's Jacob. He's the one that wrestled with God, and God changed his name to Israel. But if you remember the beginning of Jacob's story, that God gave Jacob a dream. And Jacob went to sleep at night, and, and, and God opened the eyes of his heart, and he saw a ladder from heaven to earth, and angels were ascending and descending on that place, and he called it Bethel, which means the house of God. He had this dream. So when his son has this dream, he recognizes an element of the God dream. And so in one sense, he says, are you telling me I'm going to bow down to you? But then the next sentence is, but he hid this thing in his heart. It's the same verbiage that Mary used after the angel came to her and said, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be the Christ. She hid these things in her heart because he recognized an element of a God dream. When God gives you a God dream, you're able to identify it in other people, and you're able to see it in other people around you, and this is why God gives God dreams to those that are before us so that they can help us, lead us, and guide us, and, and, and he notices it in his son. He says, there's something special on this boy. And so he calls him to him, and he says, go find your brothers. And in verse 18, uh, Jacob, uh, Joseph is searching for his brothers, and it says this, but they saw him in the distance before he reached them, and they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Here comes the dreamer. Turn to your neighbor and say, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit poured his spirit out on the church and the Holy Spirit descended, Peter stood up in front of everybody and he, and he prophesied this statement from the prophet Joel saying, in the last days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. His spirit is in this room right now. It's on us and in us. We are living in the fulfillment of this prophecy. The Holy Spirit is here. He is real. And this is what you're sensing, what you're feeling right now. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. We're going to dream again. We're going to dream again. Amen? We're going to dream again. Turn to your neighbor and say, dream again. Dream again. I'm telling you, you're prophesying over each other. You're going to dream again. You're going to dream again what the enemy came to shut down and silence and make you sit down and be quiet? No, no, no. There's a greater truth. Here comes the dreamers. We're in the house of God. We're the people of God. He's given us something. You're going to dream again. And it's not going to be because of my words. It's going to be because the Spirit of God is being poured out on this place. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's forgiveness, there's vision. Do you know in two weeks we're going to have Vision Sunday? 
Two weeks, Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about what God has for our church over the next year, what he's done in the past year. We're going to celebrate it, but we're ready for the next year. 31 years, and we're not slowing down. We're not stopping now. Why? Because we got dreams and visions to accomplish. So, Lord Jesus, come right now and speak. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for who you are. And I pray over the next few minutes, do a mighty work. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Here comes, here comes the dreamer. What you need to understand about this, this dream, this, this vision, this God dream that God put in Joseph's heart is that it was initiated by God. This wasn't Joseph's own dream. This wasn't a hope or a goal. This was a dream put there by God. It wasn't put there by his ambitions. It wasn't put there by greed. It wasn't put there by a lust for money or, or, or a lust for power. It was a God-initiated dream. And I'm here to tell you an aspect about God is that he gives dreams. He is a, he is a dream giver. And here's what you need to know about a God dream. If God gave it and you remain faithful, God will fulfill it every single time. If God gave it and you remain faithful, he will fulfill it every single time. He's not just the dream giver. He's the dream fulfiller. He is the dream initiator. What did Joseph do in Genesis 34 to deserve this dream? Absolutely nothing. The first mention we hear of Joseph is connected with the dream. When we find him, we find a dreamer. It's just the hand of God that chose out of the 11, out of the 12 brothers, he chose Joseph, and it gave Joseph a dream. God initiated it in the middle of the night. It wasn't Joseph's idea. It wasn't what he was even praying for and asking for, although I certainly believe you can, but let me tell you, whether he did or he didn't, whom God chooses, he chooses. And here's what you need to know. God chooses you. God chooses you. His hand of favor is on you. He loves you. He is for you, and he leaves heaven and invades your space to give you dreams. God is a dream giver, and it's all God initiated. It's all God initiated. He's the one that gives mercy. He's the one that gives grace. As Romans says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He initiated. He came. He died so that he could forgive all of it is God. All of it is God. The only thing we have to do is accept it and, 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 and not dishonor it. Accept it and not be ashamed of it. As Romans says, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He chose me and I don't know why, but I'm thankful he did. Come on, he chose you. You're thankful he did. You don't know what he did to deserve it. There's nothing you can do to get out of it. I'm just favored. God's hand of favor was on Joseph's life. And he gave him out of that favor a God dream. It was initiated by him. And, and Joseph begins to tell everyone around him about the dream. And, and I don't know, maybe it wasn't the wisest thing to do, to tell all of your brothers a dream that they were going to bow down to you. I, I certainly get that, you know. And every time I've heard this sermon preached or, or the story preached, uh, from preachers, they always say to not necessarily tell everyone your dreams. And I, I get that. But can I say this? He had to tell somebody. Because when God tells you a dream, he wants you to talk about it. He does. 
When God gives you a dream and you have a God encounter, not only does he want you to talk about it, you can't help but talk about it. God just interfered with my life. I don't know all the technicals. I don't know all the doctrine. I don't even care how this is coming across. God interfered. God gave me something. God initiated something. I've got to talk about it. It's just going to come out of me. Can I tell you that is a God thing? Because God dreams are meant to be spoken. He had to speak about it. He had to speak about it. There's just something about speaking that engages creation. In the beginning, God spoke. There's something about speaking that engages creativity. It engages creation. It engages your faith. There's just something about those words. What I'm, what I'm telling you is be careful. Be careful if God has put some real goals and, and some real uh, dreams in your heart. Don't cover them up. Don't quiet them down. Don't not tell anybody. Don't sabotage yourself with silence. God has put that in there for you to speak about it, for, it to, for you to keep it in the forefront of your life, for you to chase after it, for you to tell those that you love. No matter how they react, God says, speak it into existence. Come on, pursue it. Come on, go for it. Talk about it. Write it down. I heard one one. A person asked a, a, a very faith-filled pastor that I know, why do, why do people in the church dream so little? And, and he said, you know, the reality is I think we're dreaming physical, supernatural dreams less and less because we're not asking God for them. And we don't have a pad next to our bed to write it down when he does give us dreams. You need to ask God for the dreams, but when he gives it to you, you need to write it down. You need to put it somewhere you see. When, 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 when you get a dream, whether it's in the night or if it's just something that you can see with the eyes of your heart, you need to speak it into existence. Despite the consequences, I think a lot of times we remain silent on our dreams. I, I think we remain silent on our dreams because once we speak it, there's a responsibility for it in the air. A lot of times we don't want to speak our dreams because we were let down on the last thing and it didn't come through the way we thought it was. So we think, you know what? We won't fail by not getting in the game. But can I tell you, you never, you may not lose, but you never win. It's not a win to not enter into the game. It's not a win. So many times we think, I won't, my dream won't fail as, as long as I don't give it any credibility, as long as I don't speak about it, as long as I don't talk about it, as long as I don't let anyone know. Then if it comes through, hey, we'll see. And if not, I don't have to be embarrassed. But that's not how God works. God gives the dream, he gives the passion, and then he says, put it in the atmosphere. Let the people know. Why? He wants the credit. When it's fulfilled, go all the way back to the beginning and say, remember, I gave you that dream. It's almost as if God wants the accountability. God almost wants it, saying, I gave this to you. Say it out loud so people can remind you when you're straying from the dream. Put it out loud so people can remind you who you really are when you really need it. Say it out loud so that I can begin to work in heaven. Pray that dream into existence. Speak that dream into existence. But whatever you do, don't quiet a God-given dream. Don't bottle it up. Don't push it down. Let that dream begin to flow out of you. It is from God. It is from heaven. It is fashioned for you. It's different than the person next to you, but it is for you, and it is his hand of favor on you. Jacob recognized this dream, and Jacob, his father, you've heard the story, right? He gives him a coat of many different colors. It actually was to signify royalty, royal garbs, and all the other brothers didn't have it, but now Joseph, uh, Joseph he's, got, he's got this jacket on him, and, and he's Joseph 
the dreamer now. And it's almost as if this jacket is like a physical outward showing of what, what's going on on the inside. There's just something special about this guy. There's just something supernatural about him. You know, not only is he walking around looking up, his coat reflects a dream state. It's colorful. It's bright. It's vibrant. It's happy. It's up. And it bothers everybody else. It annoys them. It frustrates them. Can I tell you this? Society has become so cynical, it's forgotten how to dream. And so when the dreamer walks in, it only can ever have a mocking response. Don't you know what's going on? Don't you know what's happening in the atmosphere? Don't you know what's happening in the country? Don't you know what's happening in my family? Don't you know what's happening? Don't you know? Don't you know? How could you possibly be up? How could you possibly wear that jacket? How could you possibly flaunt that favor? And Joseph's just going to say, favor ain't fair. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't initiate it. God gave me the dream. Dad gave me the jacket. I didn't do anything for this. When Jesus began his ministry, what happened when John the Baptist put him under the water? God said, this is my son, and I'm well pleased with him. And you say, but God, Jesus hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't healed anybody, hasn't preached a sermon, done a parable, sermon on the mount, none of it. But God says, see, I'm not pleased from your works. I'm pleased from who you are. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I've got something special for you. I've got favor on your life. My hand is on you. It goes before you. So even a long way off, you could tell there's Joseph, the dreamer. His brothers, they're all, they're all shepherds in a, in a, in a, in a field, and, and Joseph's trying to find them, and he's wandering around looking for his brothers, and even when he's a long way off, a far way off, his brothers can see there's the dreamer. And I tell you, there's something special on you, and everyone around you can see it. Everyone around you can see it. You don't look like everyone else. You don't talk like everyone else. You don't believe like everyone else. You don't pray like everyone else. There's something special on you. There's something supernatural about you. And everyone around you can see it. In fact, when you do try and talk like them, they say, hey, don't talk like that. You can't even say it with conviction. Don't, you're not one of us. There's something different on you. It's not that you've deserved it. It's just that you've received it. The garment of praise, the garment of righteousness, it is all over you. It's on your face. It's in your speech. It's on your walk. I hope you have the most confident walk out of anybody in your family. Whether you deserve to or not. When you walk in, I said this a couple weeks ago, I hope you walk into places like you're John Wayne. You're walking in. What is it? I got a dream. I got favor. I got something on me. The brothers grow jealous, but can I tell you, Joseph's not responsible for that. He can't be responsible for their heart. He's only responsible for the dream that God has given them. That's what he's responsible for. And this is what he's pursuing. And from a long way off, the brothers can tell there's something special, different, unique on him. And let me tell you, there's something special, different, unique on you and on our church. There just really, really is. It's not something you should ever apologize for. It's not something you should cover up. It's not something you should be embarrassed about. Be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is here for your salvation, your restoration. It is here to lift you up. It is here to make you more. I believe you should be a person of influence. You should have divine ideas. Doors should open for you that maybe don't open for other people. Don't apologize. Don't feel weird. And don't, don't accept that, that, that down nature. Put your shoulders back. You got a dream. God chose you. 
God gave it to you. Dream again. Dream again. They decide to begin to try and kill the dream. Before he even gets to where they are, they begin to plot against the dream. And I don't know what it is in humanity that always tries to mock and belittle and hurt and stunt dreamers. There's just something about it. We say, oh, you know, they'll be back. Oh, we'll see you in a couple years. We just, we just assume that life is going to knock the dream out of them. You know, oh, he's young. He's young. He doesn't know anything yet. But when the Spirit of the Lord is poured out, old men dream again. So maybe it's not about age. Maybe it's that when the Holy Spirit gets on you, he brings a freshness, a newness, a vitality, a passion, a dream. I don't got time for bitterness and hurt. I got a dream. I don't have time to be little and small. I got a dream. Here comes the dreamer. There's just something about him. Here he comes. They decide to to cut the dream short before it ever happens. And, and really, that's how the enemy works, is he always wants to cut the dream short in its infancy. Here's what you need to know about Satan. He does not have authority over your life. You need to understand that Satan does not have the authority of life and death. Jesus has authority of life and death. When he conquered the grave, he conquered it. So he has the keys of life and death. So I don't know if you have some fears here, like the devil's after me, he's going to kill me. He's, he can't. He doesn't have the authority. He needs to ask God's permission, and Jesus brings life and life more abundantly. And so you need to know that he can't kill you, but what he does try and do is kill your dreams. If he can't kill your life, if he can't take your life, what he'll try and do is take the sustenance, take the excitement, take the passion, take the belief out of you. He wants to make you cynical. He wants to make you down. He wants to make you obsessed with the numbers and the technicalities of life, where you can't grow big, where you, where you can't believe big, where you, where you can't do big things. He wants to keep you small and parched and dry like a little twig. But when the Spirit of God comes, it's like that you are a tree planted by the streams of living water, that there comes fruit from your life and health from your life and greenery from your life. And it's apparent for all to see. And, 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 and make no mistake, yes, the enemy will come after your dream, but that doesn't mean he he is allowed to be successful in silencing your dream. The brothers began to, to conspire to kill the dream in its infancy. We see this in Scripture all over the place. When they wanted to kill Moses, they didn't wait when he was 80 years old and he was going to be the redeemer of Israel. And the enemy came after Moses when he was still an infant, and he had to be protected and pushed out in the, into the, in the wicker basket into the Nile. Protection because he had a call on his life. When Jesus was just an infant, that's when Satan came and caused the genocide to happen in order to kill the seed of salvation in its infancy. Let me tell you, the enemy always wants to stop your dream right when you start to get it. It's when he wants to stop your dream. He'll come with a negative word or an opposite circumstance, or he'll try and manipulate your emotions or your mind to forget the dream, bury the dream, cut that dream off, because only you can abort your own dream. Only you can choose to not pursue your dream. So the enemy wants to say it's not, it's, come on, it's not, it's, not, it's not factual. It's not grounded in reality. It's not this. It's not that. I know of a young man that started to come to our church. And he began to get involved, and his life was being radically changed. And his family came, and they said to him, hey, I think you should stop going to this church. Now's the time to pursue your education, pursue your career, pursue, you know, uh, all that you have in front of you, you know. And I think 
what's the big deal? Church is an hour and a half once a week. Well, is that really taken out of his education? He's going to be eating cereal and watching cartoons if he's not coming to church, you know? It's a big deal. You know why they're saying that? that because, because they're being manipulated by the enemy to cut this kid's dream out right when it's beginning to grow. But thank God he had a glimpse of who he's called to be. And he's telling his family, no, I'm, I'm around the people of God. I, I've got a glimpse. God has called me to be something more. He's got a dream. I'm going to be a person of influence. God's going to put me in influential leadership places. I'm going to be a servant leader. He's going to open doors for me. Come on, say it over yourself. I'm a dreamer. I've got something to give. I've got somewhere to go. And maybe my family not, might not fully understand it, and maybe they won't agree. And, and maybe it's not just their family. Maybe it's just the familiar. The brothers, they see this dream, and they say, come on, just be like us. Be normal. Be regular. Oh, you got, you got to reign above us. Just be like us. It's the familiar that wants to knock the dream down and knock it out in its infancy. You know, many people will say about our church that we've got a lot of young people, and, and that's true, and that's an awesome thing. And, and the reason we do is because we do put a lot of emphasis on young people because the reality is Satan is against, most against young people. All throughout Scripture, he tried to kill them in their infancy. He tried to stop their dream while they're young. But we're going to have awesome kids' classes. We're going to have awesome youth programs. We're going to have powerful services for them. We're going to have crews for them. Why? Because they're anointed, they're powerful, and young men will have visions for their life. When you have a vision, you don't perish. When you have a vision, you don't cast off restraint. But make no mistake, we need old men that are still dreaming. There's still young, old, old families that are, 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 have wisdom and guidance for those young people saying, this is what my dream did, and I'm still dreaming again. We're sitting in a dream right now. We're sitting in a dream right now. This used to be just an empty plot of land, but here we are sitting in a dream right now. We've got a leadership building next door. That's a dream that came into reality by the force of faithful men and women. This is a dream. And so they mock. They say, here comes the dreamer. Though they mean to make small and though they mean to mock, I say amen. That's right. I am a dreamer. I'm not going to stop dreaming. You got to listen sometimes when people will say the harshest things against, against you. Sometimes there's a little bit of truth in there. They meant to mock him, but God meant to make him. Here comes the dreamer. They meant to mock, but God says, no, I'm going to use this to make this man into something great. Some of these insults that are hurled your way, they're only there to sharpen you. Some of these trials you're going to go through, they're there to humble you. Some of these things you're going to go through, God will not allow you to go through them without using them. But make no mistake, they cannot kill your dream unless you allow it. Here comes the dreamer. Turn to your neighbor and say, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Come on, we're going into Providence. Here comes the dreamers. Here comes the dreamers. You think, could they really, could they really do what they did in that school district that needs so much help? We dreamed. We dreamed. A young person's going to go to school with a new backpack and new supplies because people dream. We dream. We give. We push. We pray. Come on, we pioneer. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. The enemy wants to mock that dream out of you and kill that dream. Stop it. Stunt it. When Joseph shows up, they take him and they throw him in a pit. They rip his jacket off of him and they say, we're going to kill you. One of the other brothers says, you know what, instead of killing him, let's sell him into slavery. 
So, so they take the dreamer, they sell him into slavery. He goes down into Egypt. Where he's in Egypt, he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and he doesn't even say a word in his own defense. He's thrown into the prison. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens from the moment he had this dream of being lifted up into a place of authority. It seems like he's just been going from one circumstance after another in a descent from the pit, now down to Egypt, now down to prison. I thought I was going to be lifted up above the stars. I thought God was going to use me in a great way. But now I'm just going through all these tests, the tests of misunderstanding, the test of accusation. I'm going through all these trials and all of these, these things that I never ex- expected. What do you do when the dream doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out in the time that you thought it was going to turn out? See, so many times God will give us a dream and we'll get riled up and we'll shout. But one year goes by, two years goes by, three, four, five. Here he is sitting in a prison, seemingly forgotten, but God has given him the dream. So you got to understand, God gives you dreams, not just for the mountaintops, but for the valleys. He gives you the dream, really, I believe, for the dark nights of the soul. He gives you the dream for you to hold on to when everything else looks uncertain. He gives you the dream for you to remember when you seem to be forgotten. He gives you the dream for you to help orient your life towards this dream. And can I tell you something about God dreams? They take time. They take a long time. And in our Bible, we read it, it's a couple sentences, but it's not. It's actually quite a few years. You think of Abraham waiting to have a son, it's years and years and years. You think of Joshua, he sees the promised land, and now he can't go into it for 40 more years. He saw the dream, but he wasn't able to enter into it until 40 more years. And he's an old man, but old men still get to dream dreams. And he enters into the promised land as a conqueror, saying, I knew he would be faithful because he gave it to me in the first place. And here is Joseph, and he's waiting for this dream to come to pass, and it seems like he's further from this dream than he ever was before. How are his brothers going to bow down to him? They are in another nation. And in fact, quite the opposite happened. Not only does he not have authority over them, they sold him into slavery. It seems like the total opposite of what God has told me is what's happening. Have you ever been there? I thought it was going to turn out this way. I thought this person was the one. I thought I finally got over this thing, but I'm still stuck, still in prison, and I don't know what to do to take that next step. This is where God's forming you. Can you stay faithful even if it takes a long, long time? Can you stay faithful? Can you stay passionate even if it doesn't look like the dream's coming to pass? Can you stay faithful? God's wanting to build something deep in you. See, God dreams aren't little things. They're not goals or to-do lists. This is a deep work God wants to do in your life. He gives you a dream for your whole life. And, And part of the reason he gives you a dream is so that you'll find meaning and purpose. Because see, when you stop dreaming, you start dying. You know you're healthy when you're still dreaming. When you stop dreaming, you become down and cynical. And that's not who God made you to be. He made you to have a dream. And And dreams help you orient. It's like in the dark night of the soul, you're able to figure out who you are and where you're headed, even when the night is dark, because God's giving you a north star. That's my dream. I'm not quite sure how I got here, but I know that's where I'm headed. And you're able to move forward. Dreams help build your character. Because you say, in order to get there, I'm going to have to get rid of this. I'm going to have to add this. 
I'm going to have to get a schedule. I'm going to have to get this relationship out. I'm going to need to get a, a better relationship. I, I'm going I'm to have to begin to morph my world. If the dream is, is going to be fulfilled in my legacy, I'm going to need to become a good leader, a good parent. I'm going to have to read some books now on this thing. All of a sudden, the dream begins to make you into who God always wanted you to be. He gives you the dream to form you, to help you orient your life. I'm not going in that direction. That's leading me further than that dream. I'm going to begin to move towards this direction. This is where God has called me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to end right now, but it's, I, just want you to, I just want to tell you about how God works. When it seems like he's the furthest place he's ever been from his dream, that's when God shows up. That's when God shows up. And what does he do? He gives another dream to Pharaoh. Because this is what God does. He accomplishes your dreams through the dreams of others. This is why isolation kills, but unity, there's commands a blessing. Unity commands a blessing. It's why the church is so powerful. It's why the enemy wants to get you aside, away from the church, because he knows if he can isolate you, he can kill your dream. But when you're around God-dream people that are praying with you, believing with you, encouraging you, all of a sudden that dream comes into fruition, and I'm able to help you. You're able to help me together. We're going to see something we've never seen before. God gives you a dream to keep you in the trying time, and he brings you around people to help make it happen. I remember many years ago, I, two or three, I, I asked Jesus for a dream. I asked God for a dream. One of the few times I said, God, tonight, give me a dream, and he did. And I, in that dream, I was standing with my wife at the end of a long pier. It was like a New England little town. And I could see down the pier, down a sandy, sandy road, I saw the city of Providence far in the distance before we ever launched the, city, uh, the, the, the church in Providence. I saw the city of Providence and and this woman was standing on the pier, and, and she was telling me all about the, the way that the water comes in and the great floods that have happened in the past. And, and there were notches on the pole that had years written on them, and they were the times where the water went highest. And she kept explaining that though it happened in the past, it won't happen again. The beachhead is built too much up. You know, the, the weather has changed so much that, that the water won't flood again. But as she was speaking, it seemed like the water started lapping up the beach even a little bit more. And I said, you see that? It looks like the water is starting to get up that embankment. And on the other side of the embankment is that road down to Providence. And she said, no, no, it hasn't happened for many, many years. It won't happen. As she was continuing to explain and teach away, the water started lapping up over the side and began to running down the street. And I said, look, it, it seems to me like it's happening. And she says, it's never happened before. It hasn't happened for hundreds of years. It will not happen again. The water won't break over that embankment. As she was speaking, the water started rising so much. The wind started rising so much. It started to get choppy, chaotic even. The water began to lap up over the boards of the pier. And I'm saying, I'm sorry. It just seems like it's happening. And this is when she shifted and she said, I'm telling you, it is not happening. It is not happening. And I'm saying, I'm not causing it, but it just seems like it's happening. And all of a sudden, a wave crushed over that embankment and began to flood the city of Providence far in the distance. And I'm saying, it looks like a flooding is happening. And the wind started crashing, and the waves started crashing. And I'll never forget, she started screaming in the storm, it will not happen again. And I remember, it was like the Spirit of God rose up in me. I said, it already is happening. And I woke up. Let me tell you. I'm not much of a dream interpreter, but
but I know that the flood represents the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to flood into the city of Providence through his people in this time. And the religious spirit has tried to say, not again. But I hear another voice saying, it is going to happen. In fact, it already is happening. God's not done giving dreams. He's not done fulfilling dreams. He's going to bring an awakening through unsuspecting people. It is happening. And can I tell you, there's been times where launching the church in Providence has been difficult, really difficult. And there's been times where it seems like it's not going to happen. And whenever I feel that in my spirit, it's just like, God, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm reminded of that dream. It is happening. It is happening. So God gives me a North Star, and I hold on to it. And I pray you hold on to it with me. It is happening. I don't know how long it's going to take, but there will be revival. There will be awakening. There will be lives changed. There will be buildings. It is happening already. Already. And so God brings Pharaoh's dream, the king. And Joseph comes underneath the king's dream because together, when we come under one vision, the vision of God in the house, things begin to happen in an incredible way. And unity commands a blessing. And what happens? Egypt is saved. And all of his brothers, they're starving. They come before Joseph, who's now in a position of power next to Pharaoh. And they're starving, and he's able to give them food and grain salvation. Here's what you need to know about Joseph. He's really just a picture of Jesus. It was Jesus that came. It was Jesus that was falsely accused. It was Jesus that they rent his garment and threw him in a pit, sold into slavery. But it was Jesus that went down into that prison, gained victory, and now he's seated at the right hand of the King of Kings. And when we put our vision underneath Jesus, he brings salvation. Amen? Amen. Can you just thank God for who he is? Come on, thank God for what he's done. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.